0: go to shopify.com/income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in
1: your baby is born covered in wet sticky goodness you can't wait to get this kid cleaned off and smell his sweet clean head why would you want to wait maybe that wet and cheese like substance on your baby has a benefit I'm Cara Furio, postpartum doula and certified lactation counselor, and this is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl.
2: Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions so there's newbies helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to newbies broadcasting from the birth education center of San Diego. Newbies is your online on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indo Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can learn all about our new episodes. And if you'd like to learn about our show on the go, be sure to download our apps in the iTunes, Google Play, and Windows stores. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate in our new show.
3: Okay. Hi, everybody. And uh, we love to hear from our listeners. And the best way to do that is simply to to reach out to us. And some of the things that we're looking for right now, we're kind of planning into, you know, 2016, obviously a brand new year. And uh, we want to know what topics, what episodes you guys want to know more about. So we've covered obviously a lot of different episodes on New Mommy Media, not just on newbies, but on all of our various shows. So please reach out to us and let us know what topics you're interested in. And also, if you have questions, we have a whole team of experts um that's literally waiting just to answer your questions. And so um if you have a question regarding your your baby and uh perhaps it's something, you know, after you have your baby and it's related to you. We're not just talking about baby issues right now. Um it's all about mom. And so if you have any questions like that, reach out to us. And the cool thing that we do is we not only try to get those questions answered, but we include your question and the uh the the experts answer in a future episode. So that way all of our listeners can benefit from it. So if you would like to participate in any of those, whether it's questions for our experts or uh, reaching out to us regarding story ideas, you can obviously email us and you can go to our website at newmommymedia.com and do that. We also have a new feature that I want to tell you about and that is if you go to our website, there's a gray little banner on the side and it says send voicemail. And if you click on that, you can actually use the speakers um, and the microphone in your computer to leave a quote unquote voicemail that way. So we actually, we don't even need our phones anymore. Anymore. We're just doing this through the internet. So that's a great way to do it as well. And again, everything's on our website.
2: All right, great. Let's meet our panelists. Sure. Hi, my name is Allison,
4: and I'm 30 years old. My husband and I have been married um, almost a year, and we are actually expecting our first child here in just three months or so. So I'm an almost newbie, and um, we're going to do a hospital birth. And um, I started binge listening to New Mommy Media shows back in September. Awesome.
3: Um, and
5: Liette, go ahead. Okay. My name is Liette Reback. I am 42 years old. I've been married for 22 years and um, I have 16 children. My oldest is going to be 21 tomorrow. And my youngest is uh, about a little over two months old. I have 10 daughters and six sons and, um, and that's it.
3: They're pretty much my life. They would have to be, I think. (laughs) That is so awesome, though. Now, I have to ask, so um, all of your kids are biological, or how does that work?
5: I have 12 biological children and four that I've adopted.
3: That is amazing. That is – you are super mom, Liette. Seriously. (laughs) That is awesome. And and, in doing that, you've given lots of baths, I'm sure.
5: Lots of baths, yes, yes. (laughs) Probably numbering in the thousands at this point,
2: yes. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I am the mom of three, ages six, four, and two. Um, I have been married to my husband for seven years, and he is in the Marine Corps, so uh, we have a very interesting life.
1: Hi, I'm Cara Furio, and I am 57 years old. I think I'm the crone of the group, <laughs> and I've been married to my second husband for almost 28 years. And from my first marriage, I have a daughter who is 33 years old, from my second marriage, a daughter who's 24. And I have three grandchildren. Atlas, who's eight and a half. Vera, spelled dif- interest- differently, V-A-R-A. She's six and a half. And then we have little Clara Bell, who's almost two.
3: Claire Bell, what a cute name. So cute. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I'm Sunny, and uh, I'm producing today's show, and I have four kids of my own. My oldest is five, a boy. I have a three-year-old boy, and then I have twin girls who are just over two. Liette, are any of your kids twins or no? No, I've never given birth to twins, but we have several
5: that are just a few weeks apart because either we adopted and then I had a baby or... I just had a baby, and we were given the opportunity to adopt. So there are some that are as close as eight weeks apart. Wow! There was this span that I had six children under three, and <laughs> I have I have one group that are um, I had three babies in eleven months, two that we adopted, and one that I had. So um, it's I I haven't had twins, but as close as
3: you can you get. Basically oh, sure. You, you well, yeah, yeah, you've cared for kids at the same age. Yeah, but so that's pretty much yeah, same thing. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. All right. So before we start today's show, uh, I found a news headline that I thought was interesting. So there is a mom that has been posting some stuff to Facebook regarding a situation with her newborn and something that she wants other parents to know about. So, you know, when it comes to newborns, I know most parents know they they keep a watchful eye on anyone who's trying to touch their baby. Right. Um, And and everyone everyone has good intentions. Right. But um, and babies are just so cute. You just want to touch them. But in this particular case, so the baby's name is Brooke and this baby um contracted oral herpes from an adult who kissed her face. Uh, apparently it was a relative and you know uh, it, she was hospitalized and it could have been uh, it says in the article, yeah, in the article, it says it could have been a potentially life-threatening infection. Um, and basically, this mom got on Facebook and said, listen, you know, we're not just being, you know, crazy moms here. Th- th- there's really a reason why we say, you know, make sure you wash your hands and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, just wanted yeah. to get your guys' thoughts on this. Let's start here in the studio. Kara, uh, what do you think about this? And, and you know, just in general, parents, you know, trying to protect their babies.
1: I agree with parents trying to protect their babies. In fact, when I talk with new parents, I suggest that they wear their babies. That way they have more control over who's touching baby, especially when they go out in public. I think immediate family members are probably fine for the most part, but people outside the home, it's a tricky subject. You want to make sure that that person is healthy. The person who's around your baby is healthy. And I think... This also will go into some of our topic for today Mm -hmm. of the way a baby is born and what's covering the baby and the good bacteria that babies receive during childbirth uh, will help protect your baby from things like catching colds and this oral herpes, you said, Yeah. that -hmm. the baby caught uh, from the parent. I I think it's probably pretty unusual that something like this happens, but it certainly is a reason
3: for concern. Sure. Kristen, what do you think?
2: I was just trying to quickly look on my phone because I remember reading an article that talked about why moms so obsessively kiss their babies, um, and it had something to do with actually helping babies' immune system, huh. um, but I couldn't find it. I've
1: read that too. Yeah.
2: So um, I think mom um, is definitely a beneficial source of yes. kisses. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. You definitely need to be selective about... Who else is in contact with your baby? Um, I know in some other cultures, you know, kissing on the lips is very normal. Sometimes in America, we're like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> um, so, you know, perhaps some caution would be exercise but i agree with Kara wearing your baby it's a great way to kind of oh i'm yeah. sorry you know he's just asleep and oh look at that you know you can't even see his face <laughs> yeah. especially um
3: <laughs> especially if he's like nestled right up against your breast yeah like, no one's gonna be like, You're You're like oh he might face. breastfeed at
2: any moment which we know scares people <laughs> oh my god breasts um <laughs> but actually i remember doing that um my husband was going to be deployed and my daughter had just been born i think she wasn't even two weeks and we were having to go away you know a going away party for him and i did the same thing i wore i wore my daughter and i was like "Mm, this is a good way to keep you know pine hands off and germs um so yeah we just have to be selective we don't have to be neurotic about it you know but i think we definitely have to be cautious
3: all right allison any thoughts on this you know, as I've been getting ready for baby to be
4: here, I've had a couple of friends who have been very, very, I guess, sterile in their approach to strangers or friends or family coming up, and they always have hand sanitizer nearby or ask people to wash their hands before they even touch the baby, and um, I think I've learned that I I won't, I won't, shouldn't necessarily judge what someone else does until I'm in their shoes, um, but I like mm-hmm, the advice mm-hmm. of wearing the baby because that's probably not something I would necessarily have have thought of. And I think that would help because it just makes it a little bit more challenging for someone to get right in their face and they can, you know, do more of the padding.
5: So I I like that suggestion.
3: Okay. And Liette, I know you've got a lot of experience with this. So what what's your take?
5: Well, I do. You know, when I had my second baby, um, everybody, I had the first grandchild and then subsequently I think my second baby was the third grandchild. And everyone was just so excited to come see this baby. And we actually had a family member, and God bless her. She was so excited. She brought her um, her daughter, who was 11, at the time, to the hospital. to days, which made me a little nervous." And then when they walked in, I went, "What is what is wrong with that child's eye?" Now, I was not a parent, so I didn't realize that that was called pink eye. Mm-hmm. And um, we wound up in, in a pretty serious situation because of the pink eye. And the the mother who brought the child the full you know, we, we'll wash our hands and, oh, she's already on antibiotics and, oh, it's been 24, 48 hours or whatever she said. I mean, it's just 19 years ago, but whatever. And, uh, and you know, I've learned a big lesson there. Like, you try to be gracious because, I mean, they came to see you or they're excited about your baby. But at the same time, you know, you do have to be very protective.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks for the input, everybody. We're going to put a link up to the uh, to this article on our Facebook page. So if you guys are listening, you can go check it out.
2: Today on Newbies, we're discussing your baby's first bath at the hospital or at home and beyond. Our expert today, Cara Furio, is a postpartum doula and certified lactation counselor. Thank you for joining us, Cara, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Cara, let's start from the beginning and talk about what is covering baby at birth and what is that white cheesy substance.
1: When a baby's born around term, uh, the white substance on a baby is called vernix, And it's actually a lubricant and protective cover for the baby. And if a baby goes over term, a lot of times the body absorbs the vernix so it's not there. If a baby's born too early or born via uh, C-section, or I like to call it belly birth, uh, oftentimes babies don't have that protective covering. And what would
2: be the benefit to the baby's skin to rub that vernix in rather than clean it off?
1: Well, number one, the vernix acts, like I said, as a lubricant as baby's coming down through the the birth canal. And once baby's born, it also acts as a natural blanket to help regulate the baby's body temperature. And it's a natural moisturizer. And it's baby's first moisturizer. And it's, it's really great to massage that into the baby's skin. It also has antibacterial properties that can help prevent things like catching herpes from somebody else. And what about
2: delaying a bath could help the mother's breastfeeding relationship with her baby?
1: Absolutely. The first hour after birth, a baby is most active. And this tends to be the time where the staff will whisk the baby away for that first bath. And baby and mother are much better off if the little one is just If there's any blood or merconium left on the baby after birth, just gently, if the staff just gently wipes that off, but leaves the vernix on the skin. And get that baby onto mom's chest as soon as possible, because mom is the best temperature regulator for baby. And also each baby is born with their own little special scent. And having baby close to mom is so important because when mom smells her baby, it helps trigger something called oxytocin, which immediately starts helping her milk supply develop. And what about bacteria
2: baby is exposed to through the actual process of birth is beneficial to baby? And why is that affected by a bath?
1: Well, the beneficial bacteria actually goes into the gut of a baby and helps develop Uh, what we call gut health or intestinal or digestive health. And if you take that away, you're taking away that first uh, bacteria that's beneficial. And also the vernix or the covering serves as, as I mentioned before, an antibacterial against germs in the hospital. Germs of hospitals are full of germs. And this covering will help protect baby from Coming, catching any of those germs. And what could a cesarean
2: birth mother request to help ensure her baby is exposed to that good bacteria?
1: Yeah, this is really cool. I, I did some excess reading on that last night. I mean, I, I've heard of what's called seeding, but I didn't know all of the little tidbits or a lot of the facts about it. And what that is, when a baby doesn't come through the birth canal, a baby is not exposed to that natural bacteria that's so beneficial for, like I said, gut health, skin health, health in general. And with a C-section baby, there's a a process that's being explored now and there's a lot of research being done on this where about an hour before the surgical procedure, gauze is inserted into the mother's vagina and left there for about an hour. And then that gauze is taken out just before the C-section is performed and kept in a a sterile safe place and once baby comes out they take that gauze and they swipe the inside of the baby's mouth to make sure baby's getting some of that beneficial bacteria from the mother's vagina and then they swab the rest of the body the face and the rest of the body to, to try and get some of that bacteria onto the baby. Research has shown though that it's only a small percentile of bacteria that can be transferred in that fashion, but it's still better than nothing.
2: Liette, where did you birth and were you able to delay your baby's first bath?
5: Uh, all of my children have been born in a hospital, and um, I think for the for the most part, the staff is pretty good about letting me hold the baby for a while and, and snuggle for a bit and nurse, but uh, I think by far the best experience I had was uh, this last baby. We tried a different hospital, and they did an excellent job of letting the baby just, you know, just taking it really slow after the baby was born, so that was really nice. But yeah, uh, they've all had their, I would say they'd all had their best with uh, probably within the first three hours I'm thinking, um, because sometimes there were other things that they had to attend to with me or something So it would take a little while, but it was never like immediately after the baby was born that they just took the baby and put them right in a bath. I it, it was always at least two hours that I can think of, but yeah.
2: And Allison, how about you? Where are you planning to birth and are you thinking about delaying your baby's bath? Um,
4: we'll be birthing at a hospital and yes, I would like to delay the first bath partly because of the discussion here and it seems like that just would be um, the best option uh, just to give the baby the full opportunity for that good bacteria and also just test time immediately after birth.
2: And there's actually a local hospital here in Southern California that their policy is to delay baby's bath for at least the first 24 hours because the research supports that that actually is beneficial to the breastfeeding relationship. And mm-hmm. I've had a few clients that their babies probably didn't have baths for a few months. Are you serious? <laughs> just, a, just a quick wipe down. But okay. yeah, nothing nothing actual yeah. scrubbing or right. even submerging baby or probably yeah. no cleaning products either. Right. So well that cleaning products that's a little harsh.
3: <laughs> There's some no soaps
2: or you know, anything like that. Maybe some maybe some coconut oil yeah. or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's I think it's becoming more mainstream to skip that bath until at least you're home. So
1: So I do recommend that people wait. Avoid the bath at the hospital altogether. Your baby doesn't need anything more than a little wipe down, like I said, after birth to get the blood off if there's any, or the merconium, which is that dark, sticky poop. And scientific evidence is pointing toward Mom should wait at least a week, actually, to do any type of sponge bath. You just keep the the diaper area clean. Like Kristen said, maybe use some coconut oil on the body and just gently pat that off a little bit, maybe with a warm, uh, damp washcloth. But the less scrubbing that is done on a baby's skin after birth for at least the first week, research is showing it's better for the baby.
4: Kara, this is Allison. Hi, Allison. Is that something that you would recommend for the mother to put on her birth plan? Something specific about wanting to delay the first bath and put a certain amount of time?
1: Yes, absolutely. And then whomever is with you at the birth, you may have to reinforce that as well. So I really encourage families to make their wishes known that you want baby on your chest, at least for the first hour, because that's when they're most active and most likely to latch on immediately to your breast. And that's the best time for you to, again, smell your baby, bond with your baby, It's, it's regulate your baby's temperature, and perhaps even make it part of your birth plan to not bathe that baby at all at the hospital.
3: You know, with uh, my twins, my twins were born in 35 weeks, and we delayed, well, I would, let's see, I was in the hospital for about three days because they were C-section babies, and so we delayed, I think, um, it was, they did get a bath, but it was on the last day, and I know they waited as long as possible, mainly because they were, they were still so tiny, and it was really hard to retain their body heat and stuff like that, and it was, it was interesting because they'd bathe one, and then immediately would just come to my chest, and then I would just you know, I had both of them on my chest at one point, and then just kind of snuggling with them. So, yeah, baby's body heat, especially for preemies, you know, you know that's something to consider too. You know, and the, and the hospital can guide you in that too. Obviously, they they were hesitant to do it, you know, right off the bat too.
1: That's good to know. Yeah,
2: yeah, and also um, just being on the chest, you know, mom's chest will increase in temperature if baby's cold, or decrease yeah. in temperature if baby's hot. Regulates breathing, blood mm-hmm. sugar. It was just pretty amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, I our mean, we are are awesome. I think all of the men <laughs> in the world would agree that our chests are pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, but
3: even more so. But even more so, our babies
5: know the truth.
2: The, our babies know the truth. <laughs> they yeah. do.
3: I, I'm listening
5: to this, and I'm just thinking like, while this research may be pointing in a certain direction, at the same time. I have 16 kids, one born at 26 weeks, one born three weeks early, all kinds of different um, experiences. I, I've never had a C-section, but, you know, quite frankly, they could pull the child out of my nose. I don't care if I'm born healthy and breathing. But I, I want to be careful because I feel like, you know, if, if a mom starts to get, you know, you know how your emotions are just, you're not really normal when you just had a baby. And if a mom, you know, starts to get just, you know, worked up like, I don't want to wash my baby. You know, she can just get very emotional and scared about something. I don't think your intention is to make her nervous, but um, but I know myself, for example, when I had my first baby and, you know, it was uh, early 90s and it was very much like breastfeeding is a big thing. And of course, I'm pro-breastfeeding. I think it's wonderful when it works. But to the point that I was like so terrified and scared about making this fake breastfeeding that, um, that it really kind of ruined probably the first five months of my parenthood. And I can't get that back. You know, I can't I can't go back and enjoy that the way I could have now if I known then what I know now. So I guess what I'm just trying to say is it's great to have a birth plan, but kind of like General MacArthur said when he was invading Normandy Beach, you know, we've got the plan and then there's what happens when we hit the ground. Right. You know, so you have a birth plan and then there's what happens when you go into birth, which you're really not in control of, no matter what your birth plan says, maybe baby didn't read it. So <laughs> if you if you go in I wish they'd read it, wish you could tell to it telepathically, but you know, if you go into this, you know with a lot of high expectations, I just get nervous that new moms can become, you know, just can ruin an experience that otherwise can be so wonderful. So I just would say, like, you know, think about your first bath, do the research on your own and that kind of thing. But at the same time, I mean, I got to tell you, I've washed all of my babies, probably safe to say within the first three hours of their life. They're all healthy, they're all intelligent, they're all wonderful human beings that love their mommy very much. I don't know, take it, leave it with a grain of salt or whatever, but I just get nervous because I'm just throwing that out there.
2: When we come back, we will continue our discussion about bathing your baby and what to do when you decide to finally bathe her. We will be right back. Welcome back to the show. We are talking to Cara Furio about when to bathe your baby. Cara, when a mom decides it's time for bath, what should she do if the umbilical cord has not healed?
1: If the umbilical cord has not healed... I recommend a sponge bath only. And oftentimes that's just with some warm water. That's it. And the best way to do that is to keep your baby wrapped up. Uh, Again, try not to let your baby get too cold. Of course, if it's 100 degrees outside and 105 in the house, (laughs) it might be okay to uh, let them have a little more airtime. But uh, just a sponge bath. Keep baby wrapped up the parts you're not going to wash. Have some clean water. Again, you really don't need soap. Just wipe baby down gently. Start with the face and work on from there.
2: And what is the best temperature for the water and how can you test to make sure it's safe for baby?
1: Temperature of the water should be about 100 degrees and that's about even with your wrist. So if the water feels good to your wrist or to your elbow, then it should be okay for baby.
2: When baby is old enough to sit independently, what is the AAP recommendation for bathing your
1: baby? You know, I was looking around for that last night. Most experts would say you only really need to bathe your baby every maybe three days a week, as long as you're keeping the diaper area clean. Also, for baby's first full-on bath, I like to recommend to parents, uh, mom or dad, get into the bathtub and bring baby to that person, because babies love to be in water, and And it can be traumatic also for that first full bath. And a baby can nurse while being bathed. And it really helps soothe them a great deal.
3: Gosh, I didn't even think about that. We did what we call family baths. <laughs> once I got to babies three and four, my twins, not so much when the babies were the twins were newborn age, but um, I really didn't bathe them all that much when they were newborns. And a lot of it just had to do with the semantics of trying to do everything at once. Yeah, we did family baths and when they were more like the infant, maybe like five, six month age. And my husband, my husband actually did it. I was more the coordinator. My husband would get in the bath and we'd start with, you know, our now five-year-old which was probably four or whatever, maybe even three at the time. And, you know, the boys would get in first, and they were, you know, pretty young. And uh, then they would bathe, and then we would kind of – I would hand, you know, the, the, the twins to my husband one at a time. He never had both at once. And that was just our – it was a more efficient way. I called it kind of our assembly line. It was like how <laughs> everyone got bathed, and we didn't spend like two hours doing it. and uh, And it was one of those things that, you know, worked really well for us.
2: Yeah, we did something similar. I mean – just because once you have multiple children it does become a yeah production. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode <laughs> too, but um but I think also when our kids were a little bit bigger so not like new new newborn size but we used some of those like bath in the bath oh yeah
3: products yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: so mm-hmm. that they weren't like sliding around in the porcelain tub because they they sit independently but they're still really slippery yeah um, true. so yeah. you know that worked but then we also did like i don't know my husband would th- throw not throw no throw <laughs> no, <laughs> no throwing. babies were thrown <laughs> um but you know he would put the baby in with me and then we'd yes yeah swap them out so and and also we're in a drought here in california so you know that was (laughs) environmentally we were saving water (laughs) so environmentally friendly bathing there you go (laughs) and um kara should we use any bubble bath or any other products in the
1: water typically no most bubble bath products contain chemicals that can actually cause especially in little girls uti infections so the general rule of thumb is no bubble bath However, that said, there are some nice products if your child has a cold. There are some nice products that are herbally based, organic, and don't have a lot of chemicals in them that you can put in the bath with some oils that will help open up sinuses, help fight infections. I used to give my daughter, I used to be a practicing herbalist, And I used to go into my yard when my daughter was sick and I would pick all these different herbs that would help combat illness and open up her sinuses and air passageways. And I would put them in an old sock and I would run the bath water through the sock. And it was a natural tea bath actually. And so the scent of the herbs and the essential oils would go into the bath and that was really good for her skin. So there are exceptions to the rule, but in general, most of the bath products that are sold on the market today are not necessarily very healthy for the baby's skin or their little bottoms.
3: Yeah.
2: And how should a parent choose what products or shampoos to use for their infant, if any?
1: I tell my parents, go for organic. We live in such a toxic culture. Look for products that are as natural as possible. There's a rule of thumb. If you cannot pronounce the ingredients, odds are good that that product is not good for your baby or you. So definitely, I encourage parents, try and go non-toxic as possible.
2: Allison, what are your plans to do for bath time with your baby?
1: Well, at this
4: point, I have registered for one of the small, like, four-mom infant tubs. Um, But I think I'm learning a lot from our discussion here. I like the thought of the family bath. And, um, I had written down some questions beforehand about the frequency and, and all of that. Um, I had been thinking towards organic shampoos, anything non-toxic. So, um, I would say that I'm, I'm still open to suggestions. Um, but for now I have registered for one of the small infant tubs, that I think you can, I think you can actually hook it up to your kitchen sink. And that's kind of as far as I've gotten, I guess. <laughs>
3: You know, it's so funny you mentioned the kitchen sink. My mom was always all about that, like bathing my babies in the kitchen sink. And I don't know what it was. Like I I know what you were talking about, Allison, is a little bit different because you're talking about a bath that, you know, hooks up to the kitchen sink. But my mom would literally Um, like scrape potatoes and you know put my kids in the sink. And I'm kind of like – I don't understand. She was that, building their like. immune system, Sunny. <laughs> she probably was on some <laughs> level. But for some reason no, she really did clean it out and stuff. But like I always just thought that was so strange. Well, I mean, it, it does
2: make sense in a size sense. It does. Because it does. it's a controlled environment. You don't have right. to worry about them necessarily and they're deep. slipping Yeah. Yes. Um in fact I uh I've personally done that with some of my clients' children, at their request, of yes, course. Yes. Um, so I mean, it, there but is isn't it a little weird. It's, it's a little weird. weird. Yeah. Okay. But but it it does work. I mean, <laughs> I it really is nice space wise. So yeah.
1: You know you our, know you our know, moms
2: do know something. I know
1: they do know something. And and you know what? We've changed so much in our country because we have bathtubs and. But uh, honestly, I bathed my children a lot in the kitchen sink because number one, you're not bending over and there are sponges on the market. Yeah, there are sponges on the market that you can slip into the sink.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, If they've done a huge explosion, uh, (laughs) poo coming out everywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, ease is the name of the game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Keep and it simple.
1: Keep it simple. And you can wash baby's hair with the kitchen sink. Oh,
3: yeah. The little nozzle thing. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Spray nozzle. Or, yeah. or the actual
2: faucet is just usually yeah. higher. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: True. Mm-hmm. That's true. We make life too complicated. With most babies, we have what we need right at home. I will say, though, those little tubs that you can buy, I like those and I like those for several reasons. Uh, You know, number one, they're great because it's the baby's own little tub and, and I like to put more water in there than most people would normally use because babies, if you give them a nice warm bath and introduce them to bathing as something relaxing, and warm they enjoy them plus both of my girls they love their little tubs when they got older i'd put them in the yard in the summer and fill them with water and that was their oh, own personal pool. yeah little pool <laughs>
2: personal pool oh so you can get yeah. your money's worth right. you know right. yeah
1: oh yeah and and also there are tubs on the market today that have these little waterfalls that that come down the shoulders at oh the back God. of the neck that's
2: fancy that is really fancy it is fancy that's but that's not... nicer than my tub yeah <laughs> but
1: <me> <laughs> those are really cool because they're going to keep your baby warm yeah typically what i use are washcloths and little towels i'll put over baby uh to keep the baby warm while they're in the tub and you've got a little built-in waterfall there and i think that is the coolest thing
3: that is cool. Hey, Leanne, I'm dying to know what you do in your family. Like, I yeah. was talking about an assembly line. I mean, tell me, tell me what <laughs> happens at your yeah, house. I, I
5: really want to know.
3: <laughs> me too.
5: Well, so as far as a newborn goes, like, whenever the baby's umbilical cord hasn't fallen off, usually what I'll do is I'll put a couple of nappies, you know, the cloth diaper. Yeah. Um, what do they call these like little Gerber diaper things? I'll lay one or two of those down and then put the baby on top of the counter in that. And then I use a, you know, washcloth. I warm that up and I put that on top of their chest so that they don't just scream incessantly because they're cold. And then I give them a sponge bath. But then after that, I really like that. I don't know if you've seen them online, the pooge tubs. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's basically it folds flat and then you put it in the sink and it opens up and it's got little drain holes. So you basically just lay your baby in the sink with the semi soft, Kind of yoga mat sort of a little hmm. bit thicker than that thing inside your sink and my baby now is still in that and I love it because it folds flat I don't have to find a place to store the big plastic bathtub which I've had you know probably 10 of those but um <laughs> At yeah, <least>. I, I <laughs> can yeah, imagine I, yeah I keep, yeah, I keep, I keep like ah oh, it's not good anymore and then oh we're having another baby okay guess in so, because I have so many so many different ages and I have boys and girls I am kind of cautious about that sort of thing so like when my boys come home from football and we only have three bathrooms by the way so like when my boys come home from football and my oldest boy is ten i you know I, I get them you know assembly line one at a time in and you get out you got like a minute in the shower to scrub everything <laughs> and you just use a body wash and you get out and you go brush your teeth and you go get your boxers on and get on your bed and don't hit anybody in the process. Um, and, <laughs> If you have to you have to add that last part in because with four boys, there will be a fist fight by the time the fourth boy. Right. gets out. Of yes, family. yes.
2: Thank you so much, Kara, and our lovely panelists for chatting with us today about baby bath time. For our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Kara will discuss tips for ba- bathing multiple children when mom has more than one. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
3: All right, newbies, it's time for a fun segment we have on the show called Baby Oops, where you guys share your funny stories of parenting your baby, even though it hasn't been that long, right? Your baby's pretty young. But um, one of the things that I think about, um, and I feel like there's some pressure on this, is what do you bring your baby home in from the hospital if you have a hospital birth, right? And so that's what our comment is about today. This comes from Jamie, and Jamie writes... When I packed my hospital bag, I only put one outfit for the baby to come home in. Well, as soon as I put her in this outfit, she pooped. Of course, that's what they always do, right? And it ran right out of the diaper, of course, and all over the outfit. I had nothing with me, and home was an hour away. The hospital gave me two sleeve shirts, so I just put one on top and one on the bottom like pants. She was still pretty cute, though. Oh, of course she was, Jamie. Of course, and I know I know what long sleeve shirts you're talking about because they most of the babies are like swimming in them, right? Um, but at least they had something, right? So, still a cute baby, no matter what your baby's wearing. So, Jamie, thanks so much for sending this in. If you guys have, you know, a baby oops that you want to share with our audience, we would love to hear it and put it on a future episode. You can send us an email like Jamie did, or another great way is you can actually record a voice message straight through our website. Either way, we're gonna put it on a future show so everyone else can hear about it and we can all get a good laugh right <laughs> all right thanks Davy that wraps up our show for today we appreciate you
2: listening to newbies don't forget to check out our sister show preggy pals for expecting parents parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers the Boop group for moms who breastfeed and twin talks for parents of multiples thanks for listening to newbies your go-to source for new moms and new babies
0: this has been a new mommy media production and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would
3: you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas.